Thank you, Jason. <laughs> well, good morning. I am Pastor Deb, one of the pastors here, and uh, our pastor, our lead pastor, Barry and Megan, they just celebrated, I think it was the 23rd, 23rd anniversary yesterday, so it was like, take off, celebrate your anniversary, that's what you're supposed to do, right? 23 years of marriage, four kids, like, wow, (laughs) go celebrate, go enjoy, go just be together, so uh, I thought I had a great plan. Hey, you know, you should take off for the weekend, and I think Micah should preach. thought I had it all. You know, he's going he's gonna to be a senior. He's going to graduate. And, yeah, backfired. <laughs> I thought I had a great plan. <laughs> but you know what? It's okay. It's an honor to be here. And, uh, and I also know, like, the last Sunday of the month is usually one of the lowest attended Sundays. And, uh, and I'm like, okay, good. It's like, sorry, I, it's not that I don't have a confidence issue, I just get nervous, <laughs> but, uh, but God's gonna, gonna take care of all that. You know, I've been on a journey, I was in the fall of 2017, I think it was around November, according to my journal notes, um, I was reading through the letters, the epistle letters, the Colossians, wait, go eat popcorn, Colossians, Ephesians, pop, popcorn, Philippians and Colossians, wait, Go, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. That's how I remember it, because it, all the G-P-E-C, or however it went, <laughs> G-E-P-C. And as I was going through it, um, especially Colossians, as I was reading through it, I noticed, you know, there's some things that we're telling you to put off or to take off, and some things that you're to put on. And I was like, and then I'm going through Ephesians, and it's the same things. You know, I'm like, oh, Wow. You know, in Galatians there was some, and it's like, I just noticed this theme, and I thought, I wonder how much through the Bible, because at that time I was doing the solid life plan, the reading through the Bible, the whole Bible, and then a New Testament twice, and so as I'm reading through, I'm like, uh, I would write down, I had a little notebook, and I would write down um, all the things when it said to put off and put on. And there was another thing that caught my eye. It was uh, one another. He tells us to do a lot of one another to one another. And I was like, oh, well, I'm going to start writing those things down too, you know, one another. And then there was one more thing. It was lettuce. There's a lot of lettuce in the Bible. Let us do this. Let us love one another. Let us. And I was like, oh, there's a, there's a salad in the Bible. I'm going to start writing on lettuce, you know. <laughs> that might be for another time. But so there are these things that God started stirring in my heart, but particularly about putting things on and taking things off. And, and I don't know why I was doing it. I actually thought, well, maybe I'm supposed to speak to the youth at some time. That was what was on my mind of, of doing this. And so, youth, I'm glad you're with us today because this is mostly for you and especially for me because it's my journey, right, that God put me on. And so, as I was uh, kind of um, voluntold to speak today, um, <laughs> I thought, hey, it's the close of a year. And it's the beginning of another year. There are things that you leave behind. And there are things that we're going to walk into in 2020. And every time I hear 2020, I just want to start singing that song. I can see clearly now. <laughs> you know, it's like it's because of 20. I don't know. That's just me. I, you'll find out. I'm just a little uh, different. It's okay. <laughs> so as I was going through this, I was like, how Okay, if God wants me to take things off and God wants me to put things on, how do I dress? How am I supposed to dress? 
I am not a fancy. I'm not into clothes at all. As you can tell, I'm just not. I've, I had some nice pants on, and I'm like, Aunt, don't feel, I'm an emo dresser. I just like, if it doesn't feel right, I'm not going to wear it. I don't care how it looks. If it feels good, that's what I'm wearing. Sorry. <laughs> that's what you're stuck with looking at. But it's like, like, you know what? Jeans. I love jeans. Put on my jeans. <laughs> put my jeans on, you know? Put my comfy, uh, well, I won't say that. Put on my jeans and then put on, put on a, you know, at least something that looks kind of nice. And, uh, and uh, I thought, well, that's just the way God made me. So it's going into the new year is kind of like my list that I started to put together of what to put on. I'm still doing it. It's been two years, but I'm still finding things. There's never, the Bible never gets old. It's like I feel like the more I read, the more I dig into it, it's like the more questions I have. And I'm like, Lord. And so he continues to show me and, and uh, continues to, to do that. So as we come to the close, I didn't know, I didn't realize it was a close of a decade. I'm like, whoa, man, that's like five decades. I'm going into my sixth this year. Um, but the Lord had shared with me something through Pat Crowder, actually. It was about the middle of the year, going through Lectio Divina, the journal. And um, and as I, was, as I was going through that, he, he had shown me, he's like, hey, you know, this is what I do. I put five things that I'm thankful for, you know, just write it in. So I started doing that. Oh, that's a great idea. Because gratitude is, being thankful is a good attitude to have, right? Gratitude's a good attitude. Um, so, so I started doing that. I started writing five things I'm thankful for. And I would put my husband, I would put a good night's sleep. If I spend the day with somebody the day before, I would put their names because I'm thankful for them. My love language is quality time. You know, so I'm just putting all these things that I'm thankful for. Um, <laughs> I think I, I, just some of the things, they might be silly to people, you know, like good cup of coffee in the morning. Man, I am thankful for that. You know, just certain things I'm thankful I just write down whatever I'm thankful for, whatever uh, God puts on, on my heart or my mind. So as I'm reflecting on 2019, yesterday I was sitting down, I might have been a couple of days ago, and I'm, I'm in my, uh, I have a chair. I call it the Yada chair. Yada means to know. In Hebrew, it's like to know God. That's my place where I know God. And, and I'm sitting in my chair and I'm like, you know, Lord, there's a lot of things for me to be thankful for in this year. It hasn't, it's been, a, to me, it's been a good year. It wasn't easier there than some other years, but it still wasn't easy. You know how there's always difficult things that come up? But in those difficult things, when you go through them, it's like you see the good in it of what God has done. And so... So even as we heard Advent stories and all the stories of things that have happened through the year, God always is faithful. That's why I love that song, all the days of my life, and I've lived longer than a lot of you. It's like all the days of my life, I am thankful for the goodness of the Lord. And so I was thinking of some things that I was thankful for this year. I was like, and, and I, I asked you to think of some things that you're thankful for too. I thought at the beginning of the year, I thought, you know, at the beginning of the year, you go and you get your taxes done and you're like, oh, dreading to, I do not like doing that kind of stuff. I just praise my God, I praise God for my husband because he deals with a lot of that and I'm very thankful for that. But, you know, I get dragged to the, because I don't like to go. I'm just being honest. I don't, I don't like to deal with it. And as we're there, I mean, I like our tax guy. He's a nice guy, and he's a Dodger fan, and, you know, so, he's, he, so we're talking, and, and he's doing it. And, and he tells us the amount we're getting back. 
And I think our mouths dropped, like, we don't have to pay? Like, because, you know, that's what I just expect to do. And, and we're like, it was du- more than double the amount we, ever, we expected. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. I was in shock. We were both in shock. We went out to eat afterwards because <laughs> now we could afford it. So we went, out, we went out to eat afterwards, and we're just talking. We're like, okay, what, what are we supposed to do with this? And, and for some of you, you've heard this story. I mean, Pastor Barry and Megan were, were asking us to go to Israel, and, and, and we were thinking, of, oh, paint off fields. Paint. I go, Tom, there's never going to be a time like the, like the present where God's just blessed us with something we didn't expect to have. Yeah, we could have paid off bills. Yeah, we could have. But I believed, and, and we both believed, we were supposed to do this. So we went to Gobi, where Jesus walked. We went to go walk. I, I kid you not. I mean, as I was there, it, was, it wasn't easy. That was one of my not easy trips. It wasn't a vacation. It was a tour. <laughs> and you walked a lot. <laughs> a lot. Um, and I'm not a walker. Yeah, look, I, I need to be, but I'm not. And, uh, and it was difficult. And we climbed. I had my stick. We climbed. I don't know how far it was to Engedi. That was one of my hardest climbs. But we made it to the top, and we made it back down. And it was beautiful up there. And God just spoke so many things. And when I read the Bible now, it's like, oh, yeah. I remember how that is. I saw the nativity the other day on Christmas morning. I'm like, ooh, Bethlehem. You know, it's like all these things that come. So I was just greatly thankful for that. Thankful for trips made with my family, you know, with my sister and brother-in-law. We got to spend a couple, a week, uh, one place and a week another place. And I just love being with them and just spending time with them, being with my grandkids camping. So I'm just thanking God for all these things throughout the year that, that uh, we got to do and, uh, and got to be a part of. And then I'm like, all right, Lord, I am thankful for this year. I truly am. I'm thankful for the hard times. I'm thankful for the good times. I'm thankful that you are just a good God and you provide. There's times when I'm thinking, wow, you did that. Like, I wasn't expecting you did that. It's like, because God is just so good. So then as, as I'm, we're ending this year, I'm like, Lord, what are the things that I'm supposed to leave behind? What are the things I'm supposed to put off? I, you've, you've given me this list, and so I started reading through, and I just, remember, this is a journey that I'm going through, and I just thought, you know what? Um, I believe the Lord wanted me to share this this morning. Hebrews 12.1 says, uh, we have it up there, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, this is the part I want you to see. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us. You know, many of us have made the first step in, um, in the broad sense of giving our lives to Jesus. Or some of you wouldn't be here, right? <laughs> it's like, I gave my life to the Lord when I was seven years old. And you know, when you're seven, it's like I knew earnestly. I went three times at vacation Bible school. I sat in the front row, and, and there was a guy, Barney, in the barrel. I have no idea why he was in a barrel. 
But I remember him giving the gospel and saying, if you were the only one here on earth, Jesus would have died for you because he loves you that much. And I was like, I want Jesus. And I remember going back and being prayed for. And the next day, I want Jesus. And I, three times until one of the workers said, hey, you know, Jesus is with you. You, know, you have Jesus. I just wanted to make sure. I wanted to make sure I had Jesus. Now, I was going to be a missionary. I was also going to be a Dodger. And I was also going to be a Marine. <laughs> when I was 10, I was like, okay, uh, maybe... I think I was 14. I, want, I think I'll either marry a Dodger or a Marine, ah, but not a missionary. They don't make much money. It's like, you know, I hear my eyes just being honest, you know. <laughs> God called me to be a lover of him. And he called me to speak his word. And I believe he's called you to do that too. Giving our lives to Jesus, we've done that. And if we haven't, <laughs> hey, it's one of the best things ever. I remember uh, I would take my Bible to school, fourth grade. I always carried my Bible around because I had a great Sunday school teacher. She was a life Bible college student, never saw her again the rest of that semester, but she made such an impact on my life. And I remember, uh, hey, so <laughs> they made a little fun of me because I always carried my Bible. And you know who it was? It wasn't the kids. It was the teacher. Teacher's the one who did. She wasn't a believer. But I wouldn't trade that for anything. I remember one time I was sitting at my desk and, and a kid came up, it was around Christmas side, and they asked the teacher, like, what, what did the wise men bring to Jesus? What were the gifts? And, and the teacher says, oh, go ask, go ask Debbie. She'll know. Like, I was like, yeah, come here, I'll tell you. <laughs> but, but it was like, it was that kind of thing. And, uh, but in giving your life to the Lord, it's like there's supposed to be a transformation that takes place. And sometimes when you walk with the Lord for a long time, there's those times when you go through hard times, right? You're not as in fire as before. And I always pray, Lord, light that fire in my belly because I want to be excited about him because of who he is and because of who he is in me. And as Jock shared, hey, we have the power of Christ within us, right? So we throw off the things that hinder and the sin that so easily entangles. In Romans 13, 12, it says, remove the dark deeds like dirty clothes. Dirty clothes are stinky, right? <laughs> Those dark deeds are our earthly nature. That's what they are. Just our flesh, flesh just being a flesh, it's... Those are the dark deeds. And in Colossians 3, as I was reading through, you put that up there, Colossians 3. Put to death, therefore. So we need to put off, and one of my uh, translations was put off sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. That's putting something before God. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice. Malice is when you have evil intent for somebody. Slander, when you give false accusations of someone, like to ruin their reputation. 
and filthy language from your lips. Now remember, there are youth in here, so if you know these words, I know you know these words, but hey, sometimes I don't know these words, so I'm going to explain what they are. (laughs) Because like I said, this this is for you young people. We're all young people, especially for you young people. Because God's standard never changes. It has always been the same. Since the Israelites way back when, before Jesus, right, Moses' time, God's standards have been the same. It's like drawing a line or, or putting a rope up high, and that's his standards. They don't change. They're always the same. It says Jesus Christ is saying, yesterday, today, and forever. Those standards are going to be there the whole time. What happens is the world's standards change. They were probably close to God's standards at one time. But when I read even in the Bible, when I look even in the days of the Roman era or way back when or whatever, we still have, we're made of flesh, right? There was still sexual immorality. Otherwise, they wouldn't be speaking about it at this time. There's still lust. There's still impure thoughts. There's still things that we deal with just because we're human. But those are the things of the flesh. There's still times when we get angry. There's still, but, but, but when it can, becomes a rage and you're like, like the Hulk, hello, that's not right. Because then you start hurting people and you don't even realize it. He went on in Ephesians uh, uh, 4, also does some of these like anger, rage, malice, slander, bitterness, and filthy language. Like, oh, now we're getting a little close, huh? A little closer. Oh, yeah, I may be good with, you know, the sexual impurity part because I am married. And that, that's all. That's, he's mine. I'm his. That's it. But hey, there's times where, especially now, it's like all over the place. And the temptation is there. Greater than it has ever been before. Here's the thing. With God's standards the same, he hasn't changed. So it doesn't matter. I, I, I hear, oh, that's, that's just old school thinking. When it comes to God's standards, there is no old school thinking. Okay? That's just the way it's supposed to be. And even back in the days, those things were happening. Sorry, in the 50s and 60s, I mean, if you've seen Greece, okay, you know, all right? There is, there is like things just continue to happen. That standard stays the same. And that's what we're held to is obedience. Obedience to the Lord. That keeps coming back to me. It's either obedience or disobedience. In obedience comes blessing. In disobedience, there isn't blessing. What's the opposite of blessing? There's curses. And people wonder, why don't things go the way I want them to go? Well, if your way is God's way, they're going to go the way you want them to go. Because you're thinking on God's terms. Filthy language. (laughs) Putting away, and Proverbs says, put away adversity from your mouth. Keep corrupt talk from your lips. Ephesians 4.29, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Ephesians 5.4, no obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse coarse joking. Like, wow, now you're really kind of fine-tuning it, Lord, right? It was quiet. (laughs) 
That's his standard. Colossians 3.9 says, you've taken off your old self with its practices. You were taught in Ephesians 4.22, you were taught in regard to your former way of life, the way you used to live before you become in Christ, when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, who is the spirit at work in those who are disobedient. I'm like, there it is again. God's standards, obedience, disobedience. And it, it kind of reminded me when I was going through this, I'm like, put off, put on, like wax on, wax off. What am I supposed to put on? What am I supposed to put off? It's like, these are the things that we put off. And when you come into relationship with Christ, when you know him, these things should not be a part of our life. We can know of God. We can know about God. And you can come to church, you hear about God, you know about him, you know his, you can even know his ways. But to know him intimately, to be obedient to what he says, to sit before him and hear his voice, and some of you are like, I can't hear him. It's not in the big things. He's not going to say, Selah, thus saith the Lord. You know, maybe he will, I don't know. But usually, it's kind of like that, I like to call it like a little inkling in your, right in here that you kind of know. Oh, yeah, Lord, I was asking, what, what, um, what, what word do you have for me in this coming year? And, uh, and as I said, I was talking about, you know, my yada chair and, uh, and I looked up the word yada because I'm like, I wanted to make sure that what I remembered way back then was the same thing that it means to know. And there, there are some different translations about it. And, you know, you hear Seinfeld, you know, the yada, 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 you know, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But when I looked it up, it was uh, Kevin Dedman gave a blog on it. And he had the five, uh, five things about yada and how it takes us into knowing God. I want to know God this year. And I, I believe our church is moving, and I, I, I believe I heard Pastor Barry talk about that. That's what we're going to be going into, is knowing who God's character is. And I'm like, yeah, that resonates with me. I want to know God. I want to experience God. I want the fullness of God. I want everything that he has for me, what our church is called to thrive in him. That's what I want. I want to walk in the authority and the confidence of the Lord. And it's not anything that I do. When I pray, it's him who's going to do it. And whether he decides to do it or not, that's, that's your choice, God. But I'm going to be obedient and I'm going to do that. That's what I want to do. That's my desire. He's everything. that I, that I, He's just it. That's it. It's all about him. So we come into a relationship where to take these things off. If they're not a part of Jesus, then I don't want them to be a part of me. 
in fact, we've been watching The Masked Singer. I don't know if some of you know, the celebrities who put on masks and costumes and stuff, and they sing, and you're supposed to figure out who they are. And, and when they don't make it to the next round, they have to reveal who they are, and they take off their mask. And so they always say, take it off, take it off. And it's like, that's what I want to do. I want to take it off. I want to take off those things so that I can be revealed in who God wants me to be. So the old things have passed. We leave them behind. We have a new year coming. We walk into the new, and there are things that we're supposed to put on. So I'm like, all right, Lord, so what, what are we supposed to wear? What is it we're supposed to put on? And, uh, you know, I found more things we're supposed to put on than we're to take off. It's like more than double the things I found to put on. I'm like, huh, I can have a whole new wardrobe here. <laughs> we put on, Colossians 3.10 says, put on the new self, being renewed in the knowledge and the image of its creator. And in Ephesians 4, it says the same thing, 24, put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And I'm like, okay, if God doesn't just say things one time, but he says it two times, that, that means something. It's like his verily. Verily is very important. If you listen to his verily, verily, you know, if you read in King James Version. Doesn't say it once, says it twice. Truly, truly. To me, it's like, listen, listen. <laughs> so Romans 13, 14 says, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm like, hmm. Clothe myself with Jesus. So I'm supposed to be in his skin, but his spirit? Like I said, the more I read the Bible, the more questions I have. <laughs> like, and then in Colossians 3, it says, baptize into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. I'm like, there it is again. Now, if you've asked Christ into your heart, and you're walking in a new way, when it says baptism into Jesus Christ, baptism is, is, is important. That's a public declaration of that, hey, I've died. You're baptized, you go into the water. I've died to the things of the old world. And I'm rising again anew with Christ as he's resurrected into his ways. So if you've, you've asked Christ in your heart and you haven't, there's a plug for baptism. If you haven't been baptized, I encourage you. At the info table, there's a computer set up, plug your name in, you want to be baptized. Because that's a public declaration of, man, it's the next step. It's walking into the newness of, of what God has for you. So then I ask, all right, Lord, so what is this new self? What does it mean to be clothed with Jesus? And I'm still finding out the answers. I'm still learning to wear these clothes because it's a journey, right? Like I said, he put me on a journey. But this is what I found where to put on. So it's from the Old Testament throughout. The, like I said, as I'm reading, these things just come, and I just start writing them down. And uh, it was in Isaiah 51, 9. It says, clothe yourself with strength. And there may be some before that. Like I said, I haven't found them all yet. But in Isaiah 52, it says it again. Clothe yourself with strength. Put on your beautiful clothes. And I'm like, all right, so strength is my beautiful clothes. Clo yeah, clothes, right? <laughs> so when I think of strength, I have a verse above. In fact, I need to put it back because of Christmas. The joy of the Lord is my strength, above my fireplace. The joy of the Lord is my strength. If I clothe myself in strength, I'm clothing myself with the joy 
of the Lord. Yeah, that's that's what I figured. I mean, that's what came to me so far. I'm thinking, you know, some people think of strong as being you're strong, you're powerful, you get your way, you control other people, you do what, you know, hey, do what I say, do, you know, and they think that's the strength, that's strong. I see that as a weakness. Because you're doing it your way. It's in your strength. What I see as, as strength is relying on God. Sometimes it's harder to trust, right? So that's a strength to trust God. Trust God that he will do what he says he'll do. Rely on his word and rely on his promises. That's a strength. Because as you do that, and this is the, the world, because spiritual things, it kind of is like reverse. And what you think would be strong and like do what I say. But then when there's a strength, when you rely on the Lord and you're on your knees before him and you're asking him, there comes this confidence of who you are in him. And then you become a person of strength that the people around you, you encourage them and you support them and you lift them up. You get strong lifting things up, don't you? So as you strengthen them, you yourself become strengthened because you're relying on the Lord. And they become strengthened. And they become supported. And they get lifted up. Instead of being a person who thinks you're strong and you're bad-mouthing everyone and, yeah, you don't know how to do anything, blah, 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 and, you know, and those people become weak and they cower from you. That's not strength in that at all. Right? Unless I'm just the one who sees it that way. (laughs) But the more that you strengthen others, the more you become strengthened. He said there's a verse and this one was about the Lord in Isaiah 59. He put on righteousness, I love this, as his body armor. And place the helmet of salvation on his head. If I'm to be clothed in the Lord, and the Lord puts on his, this armor body of righteousness, and he puts on the helmet of salvation, and those two things are found throughout the New Testament also, things that we're supposed to put on. And I'm like, yeah, I want a body armor of righteousness. I just want body armor. <laughs> <laughs> So here are verses that started my journey. It was in Colossians 3, 12 through 15. It says, therefore, as God's chosen people, you are holy, you are dearly loved. Clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other, forgiving one another. Even if any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body, you were called to peace. And there it is, and be thankful. So there's compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, love, peace of Christ, thankfulness. And you think of the fruit of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, 
kindness, faithfulness, self-control. These are things we're supposed to put on, and it's said over and over in the New Testament. Ephesians 6, what are you supposed to put on? The armor of God, the belt of truth, right? The breastplate or body armor of righteousness, your shoes, the gospel of peace, the shield of faith. There it is again, helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit. Ephesians 4, before that, says, be kind, compassionate, forgiving. 1 Thessalonians 5, I'm just giving you the verses that God was giving me. Here it is, over again, putting on faith and love. Oh, this one says, love is the breastplate and hope of salvation as helmet. 1 Peter 5, clothe yourself with humility toward one another. These are the things we're supposed to be wearing. These are the things sometimes we don't. Especially when... I, I, poor Tom, I've been with Tom all week. I, Tom, Tom had hip surgery, and so I've been caring for Tom. And, um, and I feel like as, you know, Christmas is here, and you're getting ready, and you, you know, I want to make, I, I didn't do tamales for the family, but I got to have them for me, or I want to make cookies, and I want to, all the expectations you put on yourself, or I put on myself, because I want it done for Christmas, because otherwise then it's not Christmas. When, hello, Debbie, Christmas is the birth of Jesus celebrating him. It's not about your tamales. It's not about your, all this stuff. But it's just the expectations I put on myself. And I'm like, oh, now, oh, yeah, I got to do this. You know, it's like, and, and, uh, and so I've probably been a little short, so forgive me. Um, and he's just been really thankful. <laughs> and I'm like, I know, I'm short all the time. Okay. <laughs> I'm in a different kind of short. <laughs> Yet his, his attitude has been full of thankfulness just because, you know, it's, it's humbling to put on his socks or his shoes or his, you know, for him it's humbling. For me it's back-breaking. <laughs> but you know what? I told him, hey, it's okay for better or for worse. We're in it for the long haul, right? That's why, that's why this is here. Um, it's not easy, but it's what God wants us to do. It's what we're to clothe ourselves with. And then he doesn't just say to clothe ourselves with this. He, I saw, because my mind, the way it thinks, oh, not only do you want me to clothe myself with these things, now you want me to accessorize too. Because then in Second Peter it says there's these add-ons. Supplement or add to your faith with a generous portion of moral excellence. And to moral excellence with knowledge. And knowledge with self-control. And self-control with patient endurance. And I'm like, okay, you already gave me a lot. You want more? And with patient endurance, oh yes, there's more. With godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love for everyone. <laughs> That's it, you just want me to love everybody. And then I'm driving, come on, can you go faster? Even on the way here, huh? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's just my human nature just keeps coming out, and I have to keep pushing it down, because i got to be clothed like Jesus. But then he, has, he, he continues, the more you grow like this, the more you possess these qualities in increasing measure, the more productive and useful 
and effective you will be in your knowledge of Christ. And that's what I want. I want to know Christ. I want to know God. The more productive, useful, and effective. I'm like, man, I'm a, I will know you, God. It's like our mission statement. Know God. Grow as his disciple. Serve like Jesus. Go and tell others. I'm like, that's, that's what I want. We have a good mission statement. Because our vision is, that's how we help people thrive in Christ, right? So in this coming year, uh, Jason had said something about the 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're going to join our Foursquare family. We are a Foursquare church. Foursquare is four ways that Jesus loves us. He's our savior, he's our baptizer, he's our healer, and he's our soon coming king. He's coming back. In fact, for Foursquare this year, that's the one we're focusing on, the soon coming king. The time is getting closer all the time. I heard it when I was young, and it's like it's never left. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Yes, he's coming. Let the whole world know that Jesus is coming soon. Sang that as a youth. Man, I sing it now. Jesus is coming soon. Sometimes we forget and we just go about our whatever. But 21 days of prayer and fasting. We have taken, or Foursquare has taken, I haven't. There's 21 leaders in Foursquare who have done a Devo and then there's prayer um, focuses like three or four focuses to pray for that day. And so if you go to foursquareprayer.org, even on Facebook, if you go on Facebook, if you're on Facebook all the time, just search the Foursquare Church and it's on there. It pops up on there. And you can download the um, devos or you can have them sent to your email um, so that they come every day in the 21 days. It takes 21 days, I heard, to develop a habit, right? 21 days is three weeks. And I'm like, okay, I have a medical condition. I cannot fast food um, for a long period of time. So I can do a meal. Or maybe there's something else God wants me to fast. I don't know. I I still need to ask him. I still have some time. January 1st isn't still Thursday. Um, But we connect with our whole church denomination throughout the United States, throughout the world, um, and, and we're doing it together, of fasting, of prayer and fasting. So I encourage you to, to do that. Um, we're going to join them as a church. And then I want to close today also by, um, there was something else God had kind of put on my heart to do. In the seat back in front of you, there's some envelopes. And so if you take out those, there should be like at least eight per row, so there's some that have more than others. Um, but if you would take those envelopes, take them out, make sure everybody in your row has one, and if you can make sure, uh, you know, Robert and Safety, you can pass some of those up to the front row here too, um, to make sure everybody has one. And what I'd like you to do, there's some pins there also, and uh, it's an envelope. This is for you. So you are going to be, um, you're going to be writing a letter to God. It's not a letter to me. It's not a letter to the church. It's a letter to God. This letter is going to be sealed. Does anyone else need one? This letter is going to be sealed. I'm not going to see it. 
No one will see it because you're sealing it. But on the front of the envelope, I'd like you to write your name and your address. And let me see yours for a second. For, for young kids who probably have never gotten letters or sent letters before, <laughs> this is where it goes, right here in the middle, okay? Your name and your address right there. <laughs> Stamp goes up here. Return address goes there. Um, but go ahead and put your, your name and your address. Uh, kids, if you don't know your address, you can ask mom and dad. I'm sure you do. Should be J12 and up in here, right? <laughs> you need more pens? Had a pen there. Let me grab this. Yeah. Okay. Here's another pen. Your name and your address. And then, if you take out in your envelope is a, a paper. In the paper, the paper is blank, right? Nothing on it at all. Kind of like our year that we're starting here. It's a blank slate. You haven't written on this new year because it hasn't come. So here's a blank piece of paper. In a letter, kids, we write on the top left-hand side the date. <laughs> Today's date is December 29th, 2019. Yeah, I was a teacher. I was a junior high teacher at one point for 12 years. Um, 2019, December 29th. And then right here is where you usually put the salutation where you say, Dear whoever, Dear God. That's what I want you to write, Dear God, because it's a letter to God. We talked about being thankful. Can you put up the three points that way there? Um, <laughs> whether you realize it or not, I did have three points. Um, a spirit of thankfulness. So as I was uh, going through and just, you know, thanking God for this year, I'd like you to write down, and you can write it however you want. In 2019, I thank you, Lord, for, and then two to five things. At least two things. There's got to be two things in this whole 360, almost 65, but not quite, at least 360 days, that you're thankful for something. I woke up every day for the last year, and I breathed air. I'm thankful for that. I really am. You can't think of anything else, right? Thankful for that. I have a roof over my head. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that I sleep on a comfortable bed. I really am. I'm thankful that I get to eat. There are so many things to be thankful for. But I know he's done above and beyond even that. But if you just write down just a couple of things, two to five things, I know some of you could probably fill the whole page with what you're thankful for, but limit it to five. And as you've written down at least a couple of those things you're thankful for, <coughs> Father, here is the end of a year. The end of what Jason said, a decade. I want to take off and I want to leave behind this year and then tell them what you want to take off. You know, it might not even be some of the things that we listed as anger, rage, malice, slander. It might even not be some of the th those things. It might be, hey, Lord, you know, I've been a little prideful this year. 
That's one of mine. I want to take off pride. I want to be humble before you. Maybe I want to take off, you know, not uplifting people. Maybe it's not even filthy language. Maybe it's just putting people down. That's something to take off because it's not being clothed like Jesus, right? So just write down some things that, that you would like to see taken off of you. This is not off of somebody else, okay? This is you. We're dealing with you here. You cannot change anybody else. You can only change you. And even then, you need God's help to change you, right? Maybe it's some habits you have that you want to be taken off. But Lord, this is what I want to leave behind this year. And the third thing, um, as you finish, they're up here, so you can kind of see. Father, what is it? You ask him, I ask him, what do I need to put on? And then you write down, Lord, I desire to clothe myself with, and then write down the things you want to clothe yourself with. Every year I say, Lord, I want to clothe myself with compassion. I don't ever want to be so hard-hearted that I don't see people through your eyes. Because we see things on movies, we hear things on the news, and it's like we can become so close-minded or so hard-hearted to where it's like, man, Lord, I want my heart to break like yours breaks. This is my, what I want put on. Lord, I want to put on love. I truly want to love people like you love people. And that's not easy because you love really good, right? And I don't do a good job at it. The one thing I always try not to pray for is patience, but (laughs) that's what they say. Oh, don't pray for patience. But you know what? Patience is a good virtue, right? So what are some things you want to be clothed with? Let's just go ahead and and pray. And if you would put your your paper in your envelope and you don't have to lick it, you just peel off the thing and seal it. And then you can put them at the, we'll have baskets at the door you can hand it into. Let's go ahead and stand and Jacques, if you'd come up. To know Jesus, he wants to know you. Actually, he knows you. He just wants a close relationship with you. He desires relationship. It's not a religion. It's a relationship. Maybe it's your first time you've never asked the Lord to come into your life. Maybe you've walked with the Lord for a while, but you strayed and you've let some of those things that you need to take off get in the way. And you're like, Lord, I want to come back home. I want you I want to be clothed with you. So if that's you, um, I'd like to just pray.
So if everyone bow their heads and uh, I want you to close your eyes. Not that you have to close your eyes when you pray, but at this time I'd like you to close your eyes because um, I just want you to focus on the Lord. I want you to focus on Him. I don't want you to be focused on anybody else. telling me something else. Um, if, if that's you, I said I wasn't going to make you raise your hand, but he is. Um, you kind of just, you can either raise your hand or look up at me. can't see you so well, but because there's lights in my eyes, but if you raise your hand, you're like, yeah, I need Jesus. I need Jesus in my life. I've never asked him or I've been away from him for a while and I just, I need Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. So if we'd all just pray this prayer, me repeat after me. Father God, I'm sorry for the things I've done that are not pleasing to you. Please forgive me. Thank you for taking those things and putting them on the cross. Thank you for dying for me. And Lord, I want you to come into my life. I want to walk my life with you. Let me be clothed in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, if that's the first time you ask Jesus to come into your heart, there's a party going on in heaven. There he is. It says the angels will rejoice. It's better than every time you hear a bell, an angel gets his wings. (laughs) Right? It's like they're going, celebrate good times. Come on. They're like, hey, we are family. I mean, they are going on because you become into the family of God and they're excited because that's a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And you're his son. You're his daughter. Amen. Thank you, Jacques.